with the very latest in rural news. This is Ag Insights on Mornings with Ian Smith. Collier's Rural and Agribusiness. Licence REAA 2008. Yes, indeed, uh, and Araha is uh, with us in the studio in Auckland, and a very big thanks to uh, Collier's uh, Rural and Agribusiness for this segment. And uh, Araha, uh, we keep talking about Hawke's Bay and the aftermath, and uh, the aftermath is uh, far from being able to settle down because, of course, there is wind, like there is around the country, but wind and silt and those sorts of things don't tend to go together that well. I just finished writing a story about why we're going to have a windier summer. I won't make you depressed, but apparently mm. they're blaming El Nino. So the story that turned up in the Herald, they talked to uh, one of the residents there, a guy called Steve Wheeler. So one of the things that's been happening is with El Nino and Equinox and the wind, there's been a lot of silt blown across the region. It's become airborne, it could be a public health hazard, and the clouds of dust, they reckon, can be seen from kilometres away. And standing in the valley with a mask and eyewear, you get a bit uncomfortable very quickly. So the resident, Steve Wheeler, told the Herald that it was a nightmare and that he thought it was only going to get worse. He actually asked authorities to get Esk Valley grassed, which makes absolute sense. What a clever man. So he's pleading for grass to be put into Esk Valley and other silt-laden areas across the region before spring well and truly arrives. It's a bit late now, maybe? I think it probably is for it to take and have effect, especially with, with the winds being here, yeah. I mean, where's the, where's the grass seed going to end up? Well, in the next neighbouring district, probably. Mm, probably yes. in Mahia. Yeah. But cross fingers, toes, because I think as long as we're talking about Hawke's Bay and other areas that were affected by the flooding, then we keep it current and we don't let politicians forget about people who feel like they're being forgotten. So that's important. Other aspects of uh, the climate side of things, apparently we're moving in the right direction when it comes to fighting global warming in the rural sector. Well, New Zealand's plans to try and reduce methane emissions are looking good. New Zealand could have the effect of zero warming between 2030 and 2050, which means we'd stop contributing to global warming. But farmers are a bit worried that that goal might affect the efficiency of productions on farms going forward, and that's fair enough too. There's a stuff article that you can read about it if you want to find out any more about the methane targets. Okay, and uh, just finally... Uh, Southland, uh, which is uh, crucial, of course, uh, to uh, the dairy industry, uh, has released some figures which are very encouraging if you're involved uh, in that particular form of farming. Yeah, and I like good stats. Southland's dairy sector has been contributing to nearly $1 billion to the economy and supplying nearly one in five people a job in the district. So you cannot underestimate how important it is, not only to the economy, but to the community as well. It's according to a report that was commissioned by the Dairy Companies Association of New Zealand, as well as the Dairy NZ. So the Southland dairy sector had 2,300 farming jobs, 770 processing jobs, and it accounted to close to 20% of all of the jobs in the district, dairy representing 13.8% of the regional GDP and contributing nearly a billion dollars, 953 million. It made it the largest sector in Southland. It's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I cannot, even though this is a rural, I know, this is a rural segment, uh, but they will forgive me, I'm sure, uh, Colliers, because I'm going to ask you about uh, your role as uh, chairperson of the Liam Lawson Fan Club, because you must be so excited. 
I'm I'm a little happy. I'm a lot happy. I've spent a lot of hours screaming at my television and watching replays of him overtaking Max Verstappen and qualifying. I mean, in times. He didn't physically overtake him. Of course, Max made up for that by going past him at about 500 miles per hour during the actual race. But how cool is it? I've been watching him and Marcus Armstrong since they first started getting into the formula racing. They're they just kids. And the thing that I'm most impressed with with Liam is that he is so level-headed, he is so calm, and he is so focused. I think back to watching Max in his first races where he was, you know, every second word had to be bleeped out or he was punching Esteban Ocon and off the track or he was abusing the, the press. And I'm sure that's that may happen with other drivers too. Lewis did it when he was younger. Mm. But it's just nice. Some class... A classy Kiwi act, that Liam Lawson. He is a classy, as you are yourself, for Aroha. And thank you very much for your input this morning. And that was our Ag Insights, courtesy of Collier's. With the very latest in rural news, this is Ag Insights on Mornings with Ian Smith. Profit from the best advice with Collier's Rural and Agribusiness. Licence RE AA 2008.